to Mbappé! What a great day it's been for him! So you want this confidence oozing through his veins. Yeah, tap it with the football tap. It's the number one podcast. Yeah. With a football at, tap in with the football tap. Yeah. Tap in with the football tap. Guru. Tap in with the football tap, like a spinal, or it could get messy like Lionel. Them other podcasts throw back like a vinyl. The guru, he the goat, so it really ain't no rivals. Podcasts about passion, barely dollars. My favorite, Ronaldo, Jamal Musala. Football tap, it should be on your radar. Come and kick it with us, like Neymar, Sadio Mane, or Erling Haaland. Either way, the football tap, prime time. Yeah, now take that to the bank with you. The guru, he don't talk, he just paint. Vividly, so come and see what he's saying. Highlights and more, you never get bored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never get bored. Football tap, the number one source. Yeah. Come and tap in with the football tap. It's the football tap. Yeah, yeah. Come and tap in with the football tap. It's the football tap. Guru, football tap. Yeah. Come and tap in with the football tap. Yeah. With the football tap, come and chill with the groove, cuz football back, yeah. Hmm. Welcome to the football tap. I'm Ryan, joined tonight by Elliot. How are you? Good, how's it going? Oh, it's going really well. Um, sorry about Roma losing, and then today find out that you guys have less than $2 million. As I see my notes to spend for the uh, January window, am I correct on that? Yeah, that's that's the recent report. I don't know how much truth is in that, but um, it has been um, reported by mul- multiple uh, reliable sources. So uh, it's basically loan deals and or really, really cheap deals. That's pretty well, much our options at the moment. I hate to say it, I think that kind of takes you out of the race for top four. Oh, it definitely does. I'm, I've already sort of, you know, with the big um, run that we have, uh, you know, still have a few games left in it, um, and the lack of money, and we've got injuries, and we need, we need a little bit more help, help in defense. And I don't know, I, I don't I like uh, dry loans because – they're complicated if you want to keep the player afterwards. So it's going to be like holding someone on a, on a six month rental. And that worked last year with Lorente uh, and we got him on another loan, but for what we need and the level of player that we'd, we'd like in that position, um, it's going to, it's going to be tough because we got, we got targets that would be willing to come, but the financial stuff is going to, you know, pull us out of it. Meanwhile, I mean, not to sound sour or anything like that. Manchester City um, is in, under investigation, has 100 and uh, whatever, 15 breaches. Barcelona have a financial situation and we're allowed to spend as they wish. And there's a, I mean, there's lots of other teams that have been able to spend big money while being under investigation. <laughs> Meanwhile, we haven't really broke, they, you know, according to whatever, we broke some uh, financial things. But it doesn't even make sense to me because we haven't spent more than twenty million on a player since uh, Tammy Abraham. So I don't even understand how this is possible. But so we're going into a difficult situation, and again, it's just going to be Dabala. Please be magical so we can make top four. But it's uh, not an ideal situation, especially with that. But you know, it's very competitive here. It's it's you know, this stuff like this could be really damaging. But there's always a chance because it's so close. But yeah, I don't think it's, you know, going to happen, the top four thing. But I mean, fifth is still probably achievable. But yeah, it's, it's, it was very upsetting when I thought because we bring in a, um, a center back at 15 million. That, that's good. That can play right away. Then the, the entire situation is completely different. Yeah. No, I agree with that. But only, only about a million, 1.7 million you have available. I mean, are you going to sell speed? Do you think that they'll sell to Bala or what, what do you think? 
No, Dabala has a cheap release clause that's available um, in the summer. I think I'd either there's two possible abilities here. They either sign loan players, dry loans, and then use the, the January money to give him a new contract that would take the um, that would take the, the release clause away, um, or they could spend all of it on his release clause, or they could try to sell. Like Spinazzola could go. Um, I mean, there's a few that could go. I don't remember who else was was linked to departure, but there's a few players out there that can go. Uh, one of our loanies just got um, uh, got his contract terminated at Olympiacos, so he could we could sell him. Uh, maybe we could. Uh, I hate to do it, but we could go into the youth and potentially try to make some deals. I don't want to do that. Um, but I guess a less valuable youth piece could be used as collateral um, and stuff. Uh, but so there's either you're either going to give it to Dabala directly through a new contract or you're going to use some of it there and some of it elsewhere. Um, but it's going to be complicated because even if you do a loan, there's going to be a loan fee on top of that. So it's I think we're kind of stuck. Fortunately, I think Abraham will be back pretty soon, which will feel like a, um, a, a new transfer. But again, he doesn't play the position that's in the, the I mean, which needs the most attention. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a it's a difficult situation to be in. And you see the, the money that Barcelona and Man City spend. You see the money of other Italian clubs are able to spend. I mean, um, Inter just got that Italian guy from um, uh, from uh, Club Bruges. Um, I don't know how much they spent on that. They just get Mkhitaryan a new contract, and his his fees to get him a new contract is is bigger than our budget, and he's I don't know 30, 34 years old, so something like that in that range. So it's just frustrating because the teams the teams I mean we're not competing with Inter, but we'll be competing with Bologna, we'll be competing with Fiorentina, <clears throat> AC Milan, Napoli, Napoli's trying to spend big, Bologna are going to spend more than one point five. Fiorentina is going to spend. So of these possible teams, we're the ones who are going to, who don't have anything to spend, which is, first of all, I think the whole thing is ridiculous because I, I don't understand how this is even possible. Uh, and secondly, you know, the other teams around us are going to spend, which is going to put us in a very difficult scenario, uh, especially for, you know, what we want to accomplish this season. And the Europa League is going to be more difficult this year than it was last year. With Liverpool in it and stuff like that, um, so uh, it's uncom- it's an uncomfortable situation to be in. But uh, we can't do anything about it, and we just have to try to maximize what we can in the window. Um, now, of those two possibilities, just give DePaul a new contract <clears throat> would be my priority. But if we can sell some players, then maybe we can, I guess, round up. Uh, I don't know, nine, ten million, possibly. <laughs> So, and I think the, a lot of the other teams are going to spend, are going to buy more than one player. But that's the best case scenario for us. Um, I hope this is false, but it is being covered by multiple reliable sources that I do trust. So I'm going to call it as uh, this is what, what's going to happen right now. All right. I'm very good. Oh, sorry about the. the noise. I'm over at my parents' house right now. My dad just came back in. He bought a Mizzou Cotton Bowl shirt. Okay. You're good. No, my bad. Um, I was over at Hannah's earlier, and um, she lost the internet, so came over here to record. Okay. Um, but you're good. Sorry about that. But here, um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I just feel very frustrated for fans like you. Um, I don't think it's fair. I think it's kind of cheap. And I thought these owners that came in were supposed to like be selling. Like supposed to be billionaires, they are. They have money, but that's why I don't understand this whole thing. Is because they have money, they have to spend. It's just it's we're being prevented from spending. I think that's what the thing is. It's not that we don't have the resources to spend. It's the, that uh, the federation is not allowing us to spend money because of I don't know exactly what. I haven't looked into it too, too much, but um, yeah, some agreement or whatever. I. I I honestly don't know. It's uh, it's a little bit confusing to to understand, um, but 
yeah. So I, I, you know, I don't think it's the owner's fault just because I think this whole thing has been, we needed to do this. We need to do that. Um, because of the Federation. I, I, yeah, I just don't get it, but it's, 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 I hate it because there are, there are clubs who have, who are, who have spent more money and have, have like a imbalance in their finances, like Manchester United, like, Barcelona, like Manchester City, and they're not being punished for it. Everton, um, they I guess they kind of were punished for it recently, but but still, I, I just don't understand how you can have a different set of rules for Barcelona and Manchester City and than everybody else. Like if Pep was the coach and we had City's roster, we would not be I, – I really doubt that this would be the situation that's happening. So it's just – that's why I, I just don't understand, but it's – a unfortunate situation but fortunately we do have some really good players um and uh we'll have to ride the with the, the good players that we have until we can figure the rest out yeah it's it's unfortunate and you know i i don't get it i just don't get it yeah i don't get it either but all right on to our next topic some more negatives um the U.S. women's midfield. I can't call it a negative. I, I, I'm happy. I'd rather lose without toxic anti-American people in my team than yeah. win with them on it. But what say you? Because yeah, that no, midfield looking rough. I, I think that the midfield is horrific and horrible, but we got two aces. So at least we have the two aces. Now, <laughs> there's an outside of that, there's nothing. So there's either not ready, inconsistent. I mean, there's there's various issues with some of the stuff. Now, the two aces are obviously Cornell, but if you haven't seen her play at PSC, she's yeah, special. Um, she actually uh, threw away her uh, – I may have said this last time, but, but her last two years at Notre Dame to join. Um, so she foregoed her final two years at PSG. I, I don't think it's ever been done. From college to uh, PSG, she, she threw them away. So she could join PSG in the summer. Once she joined, I think she was 19. I think she's 20 now. Uh, been not, not necessarily starting every week, but she's starting a fair amount of games. Um, she's also been very impactful. She scored her first goal um, in Europe uh, with Roma last time. Um, so she's, she's the, the piece to build around. And she's kind of, in some way, pushing against the movement that's, or the, that's kind of being set by um, Sophia Smith and Trinity Rodman um, with a refusal to venture outside of what's comfortable and go get it. She's doing the opposite, and she's, I mean, four years younger than both of them, um, and she did it immediately. Um, now, they have reasons why they would reject, but one of them, Sophia Smith's boyfriend, plays for Arizona Cardinals. She, she wants to be in, in uh, within distance of him. That's why she's staying. I think that that's one of the reasons I think she's staying in Portland and uh, Trinity yeah, Rodman is the highest paid player in the end, uh, whatever NWSL. So that's the reason those two aren't doing it, but they don't at the same time with, with that said, they want to take, they don't want to take the risk of going to Europe and trying to become an elite player. And then you have this 20 year old who comes into the situation from Notre Dame, best player in college soccer leaves midway through her, her career, goes to PSG, scores in the Champions League against the Italian champions, the top five teams in the world. She's on a top five team in the world, and she's getting, you know, looks. Now, outside of that, you have Lindsay Horan, who is the U.S.'s best player in midfield at the World Cup. She's the captain. Um, she was at PSG, then she went back to the U.S., and now she's at Lyon again, won the Champions League last year, um, and is a very important piece, too. Those two, uh, in particular, have different characteristics and skills that very much um, go with each go with each other. Uh, so at least you have like a situation in that midfield with those two. The problem is the rest of the team isn't very good, especially after some of the players that aren't there anymore. Now, I agree with you on, on the sense of I don't want an anti-American team, um, but again, the from a uh, just a football perspective. Rapino's a big loss. Julie Ertz is a big loss. Um, even some of the the um, the pieces from previous years, 
um, uh, Tobin Heath, who I, I miss very, very much. Um, then you had Christian Press, who played forward, but also played in, in, in midfield. You had a loaded deck there. Now you have just those two. Now you have uh, Christine Mewis, who's still um, very good. Um, but outside of that, you have, uh, you know, you have, you have either what we have here is either too old or getting old, older or not in Europe or unproven or various issues. So um, I'm just going to run through the midfield that we have just so the audience can understand how horrid it actually is right now. So other than um, Lindsay Horan and um, Tobin, uh, Tob Corbin Albert, you have um, Elmi Solomon Summit, who plays a uh, U.S. Uh, Rose Lavelle, who controversial. I don't want her in the national team jersey again. I think she's she doesn't she hasn't been worth anything since the World Cup final twenty nineteen. Sam Cox. No, can I cut, cut in really quick? Go ahead. I'd say this. I just heard, and I know you'll bring up the coach too. I don't think there's going to be room for any rude or ignorance anymore from this team that we've seen since that disaster after 2019 and the debacle that happened. You know, that's why I don't think that Rose will do it. Well, you said, Murpino may be a big loss, but I don't think she would have lasted more than 10 minutes in training with, our new, uh, with the new manager. Yeah. Wait, go so ahead. Sorry, say, say that last part again. What, uh, so what, what's the um, – what's uh, what point are you trying to um, – um, I'm just trying to make that I don't think that these girls – like you're saying, like Roosevelt, that are like too toxic to be in the national team. I don't think they're going to last. That, that's my point. I, I don't yeah. think this new coach is going to okay. let okay. all okay. this nonsense happen. I, but uh, the, the the toxic part, I didn't even actually take. I just, I'm just saying the football perspective of it. Again, she went to uh, she went to test herself against the best. She she failed miserably. She went back to the U.S. and uh, she moved, and then she like trashed the previous team that she was on. Um, uh, so I, I just don't want her from a football point. Now, if you want her to play 10 minutes off the bench in the 80th minute, fine. But uh, again, she's 20 years old, so she should be in the prime of her career. But from a football standpoint, she hasn't been in that sort of area where she's been a, a valuable piece to the team. She was, she was horrid at the World Cup. She hasn't been really that consistent since 2019, 2020. And by 2020, she got, at that point, she kind of, I tapered off a bit. Um, uh, then you have uh, uh, Savannah Demello, who's who's decent, um, but I think she's too raw and she's too inconsistent. So that's an, uh, Olivia Montre, who who could be something. She's eighteen. I think the young players are going to get opportunities. I think she should get an opportunity. She's still in, she's still in um, in the in the U.S. league, but I think she's too young for me to be requiring her to go in Europe. She needs to build her herself a little bit up, unlike Sophia Smith, who, who smashed it already, and, and it's time for, for evacuation. But uh, that's someone I, I could I could say, okay, yeah, this is this is someone that you could use, but it's not a sort of certain in terms of, um, of the way, you know, I think things operate. Um, then a few other ones, um, Andy Sullivan, who may be the dirtiest player I've ever seen in the women's game, at least in the last couple of years. I think she's uh, not only dirty, but Play axed, does complains twenty four seven. I think she's a toxic individual and decent player. Now, if you're going to be toxic, you better be a, a like a world class player. She's not. She's twenty eight years old and she just played in her first World Cup. Not to say that that's, there's anything wrong with that, but um, yeah, but I, 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 she has Ronaldo's attitude. I totally agree. She has Ronaldo's toxic attitude without any visibility. Without yeah, exactly. She uh, yeah, I just I can't stand her. I think she she won't last ten minutes under. Um, um, and, um, Emma Hayes. I think she would. She will not be. She won't appreciate the way that uh, that Emma will speak to the team. Um, but the difference is, she has a trophy cabinet, and Andy Sullivan does not have anything. She's uh, she hasn't won in the NWSL, and she's um, she's approaching her thirties, and she's not only played in one major tournament. So um, now, fifty-two caps is decent for that age group, but uh, yeah, I just don't see that. Um, Ashley Sanchez is someone I, I could consider, but again, I need European, I need some European stuff going on with, with her, um, 24 years old, 27, uh, appearances so far, but I, I need her to, to eventually make the right decision. Now, Christy Mewis is someone I, I, I look at and I consider because she's experienced. I don't think she's very toxic. 
I do think that she did not do well when she went to Europe, but for the level that we have right now, I think she's a, a piece and she's been, she's played in multiple World Cups. So I trust her uh, for the next two years. After that, I think there needs to be some, um, you know, some stuff that happens. Uh, and then the last one I have here is Taylor Cormick from um, also U.S. play, 25 years old. Another play I think about or I consider down the line. Um, but again, I, I, I don't really feel like any sort of um, great confidence about all of them. The ones that I've got kind of like that aren't sort of meeting the, the European criteria is, is Ashley Sanchez, who I like, and then um, Olivia Montreal, young player, very good. And then um, I like uh, Jenna um, Neischwanger, who has only made two appearances, still in the U.S., but that's someone I like too. So there's, there's a couple pieces that I'm – I'm good with that I like, and I think should be given opportunities, but I just don't think outside of the two, I guess, like I said, the two aces, I don't see a lot of, of proven pieces that you can put around them to. So you're just basically judging this midfield off potential. Now you could kind of say that um, Corbin Albert is also potential based, but she's up, but she's already playing in Europe with PSG. And, and if you think about, it's not just that she's playing there and she's doing well. You have to think about who her teammates are in defense and midfield and attack. PSG, Broma is top five team in the world. They, they cut through absolutely everyone. They, they take everyone to the, to the grave. PSG made them look not as great as they actually are. They have world-class players. In the first game, they looked pretty good. The second game, they, were, yeah, they just ripped us to shreds. But um, midfield, attack, coach, and defense – She's playing with, I don't know, eight world-class players every training session. So the fact that she's dealing with that on a daily basis, I feel more confident about her in there just because, yes, it's based on some level of potential and some level of, of development, but she's also playing up against the best players on the planet every single day. Um, so because of that, I think she's going to be ready for those big moments when they come. Now she's got one cap for the team so far, the national team. But as, as she comes in, because I think Emma Hay comes in just as one of the pieces that she's going to want to build around because she's the only really young one that has, has proven something. And we'll see how everything goes from there. But, but I think you judge that off potential as well. But she's also going up against the most, most difficult people on the planet every training session at DSG. Playing at the biggest moments has played against uh, many of the players at Lyon and has played against the team. Uh, Lindsay, who will be probably in the future of this U.S. midfield, will be lining up next to her. So outside of those pieces, there's some that I like, but it's just not con convincing enough, basically, because you look at the best teams in the world currently, midfield is their strongest position. So we, we need the midfield to work because the attack has huge potential. So if the midfield doesn't work, the attack doesn't matter how good they are. They're not going to get the opportunity to score the goal if the midfield can't do what it's supposed to do. So I think that's, again, there's stuff to like about the U.S. team. But like I said a few weeks ago, I think Emma Hayes has a big job to do. And I think fixing the midfield is the biggest one. And the unfortunate part of that is not in really in control. So you can only call upon players that are American um, that are eligible to play. She can't utilize the transfer market in the same way she has done. So I think that's her biggest challenge for this team. And that, like you fix that, then I think the rest of the pieces – uh, will we'll sort itself out, and I think there's a lot of promise with the defense and the attack, especially with um, Emily Fox potentially going to Arsenal. So um, that deal hasn't gone through yet, but it's it's they're in deep negotiations. So I'm I'm really hoping that comes across the line because it will only help the rest of the team. No, very good. Uh, I got a way I could fix the depth problem though and challenge. Go ahead. Why doesn't the U.S. women play real schedules? Remember what they used to do when they play like Japan and England and stuff and all their friendlies? I'm tired of playing China, Jamaica. I think they played um, Wales, who's not a very good team at all. No. They'd have ranked like in the 40s before the World Cup signed off. If, yeah. I, if Emma Hayes wants to solve the problems about the transfer market, make them, if they don't want to get your fine, make them in the friendlies play real schedules. What are your thoughts on that? No, that's like a that's real good. schedule throughout the year. Yeah, that's that's a good way to um, to to fix the problem. I don't know if it fixes the problem, but it identifies the problem. 
so so for example, um, let's say, and by the way, when they when she if she does this, I don't want her scheduling these games in the women's stadiums. I want them being scheduled in the big house. So if they play Spain, I want them at uh, the Bernabeu or at Camp Nou. If they go, to- and, if and if they're in the United States, you know where I want them to be. Yeah, where? why don't you put them at like Arrowhead Stadium or Ohio Stadium in Columbus? Make it like a real stadium in a real atmosphere. I mean, could you imagine? And you know, I know you live in Minnesota, I live in Missouri, so we're both pretty close to Ohio. Could you imagine if they said in August they were going to be playing Spain at the University of Michigan Stadium? Wouldn't you do everything in your power to get a ticket and go to that game? Uh, to be honest, I probably would. I would get time off to go to that game. I'd figure out. I'd be there in a heartbeat. I'd be driving up there to meet you to go see that. So that's what I mean, though. There's no like excitement to go see the men. And I'm not just picking on the women. The men too. What's what? Why would I want to go see either of them when they're playing like Trinidad, Tobago, Saint Kitt, Jamaica? What's the fun in watching them play that schedule? No, I completely agree. And they that's what they should be doing. And again, it, it kind of uh, goes back to Corn Albert because the, the PSG um, women's team plays at the Parc de France every game. They don't play in a women's stadium. They play in the big house, and they have ultras at those games. She, like, again, these, these girls playing in Europe know the atmosphere. The rest of them don't. So you got to bring them as away games. They got to go to Japan's national stadium. You got to go to Santiago Bernabeu or Camp Nou or even um, Villarreal Stadium. Um, I can't think of a name, but that's that would be a good place. If you're going to play against Germany, put it put them in Munich or in Dortmund. If they play against France, uh, France obviously put them in the Parc de France. If they play against, I don't know, Sweden, uh, play them in a national stadium. I don't want them playing in in um, a high school level um, uh, capacity stadium. They should feel the the um, all of it. Now, that doesn't completely ignore fix the problem because a lot of these girls still need to go and challenge themselves on a, on a regular basis. Because you can't be, let's say, in the next World Cup, they play um, against um, the Netherlands. If they play against the Netherlands, most of those players will be seeing uh, Lucky Martins for the first time for the second time. You should be able. She should have some level of knowing how to conduct your your game and your performance against the very best. So that's that's a good short short term solution, and that's what I would do as well. Um, but on top of that, they eventually have to kind of uh, listen to what I've been saying, at least because you need that consistent. And at least you, with with what you're saying, it becomes a more intense atmosphere and a more intense moment each time. So the best case scenario, they go to they go to play Spain at the Santiago Bernabeu. They get crushed, and then Emma Hayes has one of her her viral um, uh, locker room moments. And you weed out the weak ones who don't think who don't like being spoken to that way. Number one and number two, the ones who stay and who are just dialed into what she's saying are going to find a way to win with 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 Emma Hayes um, because she's she's tough. She's a little uh, Di- Diego Simeone. You know what I mean? Yeah. She, she just expects and demands the absolute best. And if you don't, if she, if she has any idea that you're being, uh, not giving your effort, she's going she's gonna to take you to the town for it too. So, so I think all these things do connect on some level, um, but they need to uh, fix some of their issues that they have and the ones that they can't fix directly. They have to find the ways to put, um, put themselves in um, in uh, uncomfortable situations. Um, or Les LeBron says that's my favorite saying. <laughs> but you get yep. what I'm saying. No, very, very, very interesting. Very, but like I said, playing real stadiums in the United States. No more MLS stadiums. Yeah, agreed. Before we move on, though, I want to actually just because I, I want to actually read you the quotes. Um, that she, this was in the, the Chelsea um, documentary. I just want, just so everybody knows, I want to, I want to actually read uh, the quotes um, from the um, from the documentary, so people know exactly what I mean when I say um, 
Um, uh, Diego Simeone. Uh, okay. Uh, just one second. Uh, I just got to find it. Um, okay, here it is. Just give me one moment. Sorry. About this. I have to just go find uh, it. Okay, here we go. And uh, I will bleep. Actually, I'll just say it, but if you don't like swearing, sorry. <laughs> um, the internet, man. It's all good. Yeah, yeah I, I don't like to do it, but I'm just because she swears. I'm just want, I just want people to know the, the thing. Um, all right, so this was, this was a documentary that they did with Chelsea. They had the cameras in the locker room, stuff like that. This is this is a viral clip that um, that uh, she was she was doing team talk, and I'm just I'm just gonna read what she said. Some of you ain't been good enough. We expect more, and so should you. Some of you are shit. It feels like deja vu of last year. This is a business. This is the concept clear in your mind. If it isn't, you need to become clear. This is fucking Chelsea. We demand a lot from this environment. We will give give it everything. You put it in. I have to say, um, I have to say. You, uh, you need to get better or I'll get someone else in. Wake up. Uh, this is not permanent. And then there's a quote after that that she says, that basically that the cuts to this after the, the speech. And it says, I'm the leader. I drive the standards. If I don't set the tone, I might as well be at another club. So that just capulates exactly <laughs> the type of character that you're getting with Emma Hayes. And it it's exactly highlights the importance of these issues that we're talking about. Because she she doesn't take BS. She she is a winner, and she expects to to be successful. And she expects to win, and she suspects to command the locker room from her team. And this is why uh, this was such a great deal. On top of that, now that uh, Rapino and others are gone, it's a perfect opportunity for her to. And some of the girls have already been talking about how excited they are to work for her. So. You know, well, whether those quotes and those those thoughts stay the same when they've actually had a training session with her is is well, we'll see. But but I think this is the type of personality you need for a team that has a lot of issues that no one seems to want to talk about. All right. Speaking of uh, other issues in football, let's stay home. Could you imagine, man, if Michigan and Ohio State and Alabama all said they're not going to play for the college football playoff anymore? How do you think fans would take that? Um, if they were wait, so you're saying if they refused to play in the college football playoff? Yeah, how do you think fans would take that? Because I have a point to this. Don't you think they'd be kind of irritated? Um, yeah, I, I think that even though the college playoff is is new, um, just just for 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 reference, do you remember how upset people were that Ohio State or sorry, no, um, Florida State didn't get picked? In the in the playoff. Yeah. Now imagine three of the two of those teams don't get picked in the playoff. We we'll go back to the old days when it was uh, it was Alabama versus Ohio State or Clemson or one of those SEC schools. The other teams during those times where they finished the season with similar records and resumes to to Florida State not get a chance. People got really upset about Florida State not getting in. Now think how people would feel if Alabama didn't get in either and Texas didn't get in either when it was just it was just it just was Alabama Michigan so the three other teams missed out so I think fans would be outraged by it because you know it's not a perfect system but there's four teams in this thing you the move two of those teams or whatever you just have one game which is fine but. The fan, I mean, just because the way it's set up and the way the fans would react to not having a playoff at all, I think, I think college football would be destroyed <laughs> overnight. Because then what are we playing for when it's just going to be Alabama and someone else from the SEC? So if you're not in the SEC, like Arizona, um, for example, next year, let's just say they threw it away. Arizona would have nothing to play for next year. Because even if they go perfect, they're just going to pick the two teams from the SEC. Um, so I think I think fans will be really upset about it, and I think they would protest similarly the way we did about the Super League. Yeah. So you're saying fans would protest that. The why the hell is the MLS getting taken out doing exactly what it'd be all for college football? Why is the MLS getting out of the U.S. Open Cup? I I, I couldn't do tell you. you. The, it doesn't make. Do you see the similarities though? How mad I, people I, are. Where you're going with it? Um, yeah, I don't understand. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. 
the MLS is a league that needs help and it needs, I mean, there's, there's, there's numerous of things you could do to potentially try and fix the situation where all that stuff and, and what it is, but and the popularity is, needs to, to grow faster than it is. Um, it's the fastest growing sport in, um, in non-football countries. Um, and the MLS has done a good job maximizing that. It's also the third oldest uh, cup competition in, in, in the history of the sport. Um, and now that Messi is there, it's a perfect time to, to platform that, to get more people to come, not to close the door to the cup so less people come. Because that's essentially what they're doing. British fans, for example, that want to watch the MLS start to follow it, they're going to ask us, isn't there like an FA Cup thing? And we're going to have to tell them, no, they threw it away last year. They just decided it's enough. So they just trashed it. You know how ridiculous? It's, it's like England getting rid of the FA Cup. You know? It's, it's a total mess. I don't understand why they would do it. Um, they need to start doing things the European way in general to fix the league. But getting rid of this cup is, is just ridiculous. Yeah, I hate everything about it. I will not be going back to the MLS match. Not alive about that, but I, I am not going to go until I get free tickets next year. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> it, 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 it just ruins the sport for me. It just ruins it. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, there's so many things they could have done that would have helped the league more than this. Oh, and the league's terrible to begin with. It's absolutely terrible. Yeah. The quality of play is atrocious. Um, yeah. You know, quality yeah, play I mean, is absolutely atrocious. I mean, I would go as far to say is, let's see, let me think about this. The ninth best team in Belgium would beat the, the MLS champions. Oh, yeah. Like a mid-table Belgium side. And, you know, Belgium, again, it's not the best league, but it's not the worst. It's it's top six, probably. Um, you know, and um, – Things like that. I think I think most of the French teams could beat them. I think there's teams in second division uh, countries or second division leagues that could beat them. Um, I think every team in England beat them. Every team in Italy could beat them. Every team in Germany could beat them. And some of these, like uh, second division Italy, second division Germany, championship, all could beat the MLS champions. Yeah. So the quality of play is it actually. It's funny you mentioned that. It's actually gotten worse than it used to be. Yeah. Because we used to have the uh, Seattle Sounders who were really good for a period. We had the Atlanta um, uh, United who were great for a period. Old school, if you want to go old school, the Kansas City uh, Wizards, uh, the New England Revolution in the old old days, uh, you know, uh, stuff like that. You look at the Galaxy teams that had uh, Donovan and Beckham on them. You look at um, – I mean, the Rapids used to even be like a decent team. And, and uh, I mean, there was a number of teams that were at, like the players weren't that good, but the style of play was, it, it was attractive football. And now we have, like, you have to think about who who's fun to watch. I like watching St. Louis. I think St. Louis is fun to watch. I think Minnesota is pretty, I mean, we stink, but it's a, it's an enjoyable team to watch. Um, you look at, uh, What's uh, Cincinnati's fun to watch? Um, the the uh, not the Galaxy, the um, LAFC is fun to watch, and then Miami. Miami, yeah. Well, Miami's actually not that fun to watch. It's fun to watch Messi do what Messi does. Yeah, like, and now before, he has Suarez. Yeah, before he got there, the style of play in the Miami. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so there's less teams that are attractive to watch. Um, and there's some teams that are really horrible to watch, like the Chicago Fire, maybe the the, the boringest team to watch in in any league. Yeah. So, yeah, the style of play isn't good. Messi is a plus. Suarez is a plus. All these guys that came over is a plus. If Griezmann comes, it will be a plus. Um, stuff like that. But yeah, it's just it's a disaster. And taking away the the League Cup is just dumb, anyways. It's not helping anything. It doesn't accomplish anything. It's one of the few times I, I agree with something Jesse Marsh said. <laughs> so, yeah. um, 
and you're seeing all the, the the big personalities come out and and um and uh and fight against it even the uh the you know the guys on uh the footy show that are just delusional but everybody's kind of going to bat against what mls did and it's not too late to undo it but it doesn't seem like it's going to go in that direction and it doesn't seem like it's going to be undone yeah when when Alexi Lawless, I agree with something Alexi Lawless says. You know that the decision is terrible. Yeah, I mean yeah. It, it, it it's just horrific. Um, you know what's not horrific though? Huh. Inter Milan, sadly again. I'm just so sick of them winning. I go why they won one and three. <laughs> I don't care, I just, man. They they are just such they are such a good team. Yeah, and they're going to steamroll this league. He might just have no chance. No, I, mean, I know they had a hiccup and had the draw, but I mean, I don't know. Even when they draw, they look good. Yeah, it, they, even the money lose, they look they looked good. Yeah, um, and then again, they get this Buchanan kid from from Club Bruges. I, to be honest, I don't think he's that good, but I think they're going to turn him into something good. <laughs> That's the scariest part. Is there's no such thing as bad deals, right? They got this center back, uh, uh, Bislock, from well, – he's originally from the Cologne C- C- Academy. That's where I knew his name from. And then he was playing in, like, Denmark. They get this kid on a flyer for, like, two and a, like half, like two and a half million. The kid is now starting basically in, the, in Inzaghi's, Inzaghi's back three every single uh, match now and has been, honestly, one of the best center backs in the league. <laughs> And they got this guy from fucking nowhere. <laughs> they just yep. picked him out of the sky and they just throw him into the entry team and boom. Um, An Artovich who looked like he didn't have much left second half of last season is now doing some some cool, good stuff with Inter. You look at the the Thur- Thurman signing and then he's he's playing next to the best player in the league. I'm gonna say the best player in the world right now in Latoro Martinez who can't can't. Uh, I mean he hasn't had one bad game his entire season. Um, even Jude Bellingham has had bad games this season. He's had few, very few, but the Tara Martinez's poor performance this season are zero. <laughs> and then, I mean, as much as I've criticized Nzagi in the past, I think he's finally found the right balance with this team. And I think they're, they could, I mean, they, I know they got knocked out of the Copa Italia, uh, but that was just because of a really amazing, uh, performance from, um, just just for Turkey, but outside of that, they I mean they're going to win the league and they they have a decent shot at the Champions League. Sommer has been excellent in goal. I know he, he's old, and I know he doesn't play like this with Switzerland, but he plays like it with Inter, and they've been so good. Uh, Juventus I think deserves praise for their season they've had without being able to spend lots of money and still getting some big victories uh, this season, and they've done a really good job, but. It's Inter's to lose. Like to me, this might this, this might be a little controversial, but to me, it doesn't matter how many points Inter are in front of uh, Juve by. It could be one point, and I still would feel like there's zero chance that they're not going to win the league. No, I agree. I, I, I now I do. You do have to give credit to um, Allegri though for what he's no, done with Juve this year. Yeah, he's been great. He's had no money. Um, he's got. Uh, and just he's bought very little. He's using the youth academy. There's this kid, um, Yilmaz uh, from Turkey. I saw him on the weekend against Roma. He looks good. He was at the center of everything that was happening for Juventus, and I think he's only like 20. You look at Moretti, who's been amazing for them, is under 20. Uh, you look at um, Faguli, and uh, I know he's suspended for uh, for betting, but before that he was. He was amazing. And then you look at uh, um, Gatti, who scored that horrible own goal earlier this season against the Swallow. It's been pretty much spotless since then. All under the age of, like, 21. And then you look at what Juve has on loan with um, uh, Solf uh, at, uh, at Frozenone. There's some other uh, Juve loanies that are doing really, really good. Um, and you know, they have all that stuff to have. Attack. I mean, the players that they have in attack aren't the best, but the still team, the team still has Locatelli, still has Vladovic, still has Federico Chiesa. I mean, it's, it's just name after name after name. And 
low key, McKinney has been probably their best player. He's been yep. at least in the last the last couple months. He's been terrific. Um, he's not getting a lot of praise for it because Christian's done very quite well at um, AC Milan so far. But McKinney's been just as good, and McKinney is is part of a again they're they're in a title race. They're just not going to win it. But he's been yeah. great, and they moved him around to like seven different positions. And again, his dad needs to shut the hell up. But outside of that, he's been absolutely fantastic all season. Man. And he's, you know, after that Leeds thing, it didn't work out well. He's managed to figure himself out and become a very important part of that team. And I'm, I couldn't be happier for him because for many, many, for almost the last five years, he's been the best U.S. player. Um, he then he had that drop off, and it maybe switched a little bit. But I think he's. He's right there with Christian, and again, this isn't against Christian Pulisic because I think I've been on his record many times this season that I'm cheering for him, and I think he's been absolutely fantastic. But I think what West is doing at uh, Juventus has been terrific, and I, I still give it a slight advantage if, if we're going to have American best player conversation. But both of them are, have been outstanding. Uh, but West um, has been very impressive at Juventus when uh, most people thought he was he was done at, at Juve for good. Um, Tried to get rid of him a bunch of times, and then them not doing that has actually been a blessing for them because he's been one of their best players this season. Yeah, and I, you know what? I wish they'd give uh, McKinney the uh, captain's armband, but I doubt that will happen. Or at U.S. Yeah, U.S. Yeah, no, I agree. No, I not, 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 not Juventus. I don't know. I, I, I've always thought that Italian players should be captain of Italian clubs. Um, and it's mainly for the language barrier. I don't even know if Wesley can speak fluent Italian yet. No, I don't think he can. I, it's, to me, it's either uh, long, have been there a long time, language and or Italian national team or homegrown. Because to yeah. me, again, this is my preference. I want homegrown players wearing the armband. Now, if you don't have any available – then you go through one of the other pathways. Or if you have someone available that's not a key player, then obviously not. But I think homegrown talents from clubs like these um, should be wearing the armband. You know, it's, it's maybe it's because Rome has always done this. And everybody's talking about, um, obviously, Pellegrini's homegrown. You look at uh, Toti was homegrown. De Rossi was homegrown. Jekka was not, but Jekka had been there for a long time. Um, and then, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with the armband going forward, but Roma's next captain is probably Bolza, who's also homegrown. Now, Juve have not always done the same thing because Buffon was wearing it for a long time, but they did uh, with uh, some of the center backs that have had the armband. But I think, and I also think West hasn't been at Juventus long enough for that to earn it. And obviously, the language is going to be an issue. But at the U.S., I'm totally cool with it because he's been through a lot. And he's consistently, again, if you want to say this year he wasn't, that's fine. But over the last four, five years, for the majority of the time, he's been the best U.S. player. Now, a lot of people have not acknowledged that because of the way he plays and then he's not a sexy name. But, you know, if you, just, if you broke down one year at a time, you could explain very easily why he was the best player in the red, white, and blue. And because he's been through some stuff at Juve and had to earn his respect <laughs> That's another reason he should be captain because he knows what it's like to go through adversity. Yeah. Um, so you think Leverkusen will be invincible? Do you think they'll go undefeated? Um, I don't know. It's it's a tricky one because Victor Boniface is going going to be gone for for the Africa Cup of Nations. Um, but Schick has scored five in whatever four games since he's been back. If they get um, uh, twenty twenty two Schick or twenty sorry twenty twenty one Patrick Schick, then they have a good chance. But I don't think anybody is. I mean, undefeated seasons don't happen very often in many leagues. I think it, ha it happens the most often in the in Serie A because um, I've seen it a couple times in Serie A. I think I've seen it once in the Bundesliga. They'll lose a game. Um, now, when that happens, I don't know. Who that happens to, I don't know. But my guess would be, because this is how it's 
This is how big teams in Germany have always kind of done it. They'll lose a random game to a team that no one us, none of us thinks that that could have any chance of beating. <laughs> Osberg always gets uh, uh, Bayern always. So if I were to guess, uh, I'm just gonna say it's gonna be someone like um, would be a good example here. Um, someone like Werder Bremen, a team like that, or Darmstadt, or um, Osberg, even like Glogbach, something like that. Some somebody somebody that we wouldn't expect would lose to them. Um, but I think they'll only lose once, if if everything goes according to plan post uh, African Cup of Nations. I think they'll only lose once. I don't think they'll lose to Bayern. I think I don't think they'll lose to Dortmund, Leipzig. Leipzig they could lose to. I could see that pos- as a possible defeat. But I think they're going to lose to a weird team, like because that's what always happens with Bayern Munich. They'll they'll always lose to a team that's they should not lose to. It hasn't happened this year either. So that's why I think they're always also going to win the league because I think Bayern will also lose to a weird team this year too. Because it, in Germany, it happens to all of the big teams. So yeah. we'll see. Hey, uh, who's your pick for the Cup of Nations? The w- w- for Africa. Yeah, and are you excited for this tournament? No, I am, I am, I am. I, I just, it's a little bit of adjustment because of when it the tournament starts. Um, but uh, who would be my pick? Um, I'm picking Morocco. I, I'm, go, I, I'm going either Nigeria or Morocco. Um, <coughs> I, I don't think, Egypt's an interesting one, because, but I don't think they, they're, they're too reliant on Salah. I think um, Senegal obviously want to repeat. They're decent, but their best players playing in Saudi Arabia. I don't think that's a good thing. Um, I mean, there's a lot of different possibilities of who could potentially do that. But um, I think Morocco and Nigeria are the two. And I know Nigeria didn't make the World Cup. But with Victor Boniface, um, Oban from Ghent, and Victor Osman from Napoli, um, you know, their attack is just too good not to. Uh, be able to to handle it. Um, by the way, when he goes to when he goes to um, the African Cup of Nations, Victor Awesome, and I think Napoli's season is gonna gonna go fall apart even further. Um, I mean, Cavara surely can do a lot by himself. He can't do everything by himself. So I think Napoli's gonna suffer when that happens as well. But I think Leverkusen have enough. They don't have they don't have that many um, players that will be leaving. So I think they'll be able to withstand uh, it, especially because they have another attacker that can come, come in and score goals. I mean, his last game he had a hat trick, um, and and Boniface come off the bench. And they, I think, the reason they did it was they could uh, handle the uh, handle uh, a, a performance without him, and I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I'm really anxious to see what the. Uh, I'm really anxious to see what a Wobi does for Nigeria because he always seems to turn it on. Um, in in um world world competitions. Uh, yeah, he does. Which um, always frustrated me with Arsenal because it's like, dude, you know the talent's in there. Yeah, it's just he just you know there's a reason he's his club form has well his club form is not as good, and if it wasn't if his Nigeria form and his his club form matched, he would not be playing for. I don't know where he plays. Everton is it still? Something like that. He's a full amount. Um, oh, full amount. See, I didn't even know. That. Um, so I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I think he will. I think on the Nigeria national team, though, he'll be. He won't be top option because you have Boniface, Oban, and um, and Olsenman. So we'll see what he does there. Also, I believe that the Asian Cup is coming up too. Yeah. Um, and I just, I just realized. Um, so uh, along with the oh you, Roma, guess what? You've only one one point five million to spend, and guess what? We're also going to be taking your um, your number one striker off the bench away from you while this comes because um, um, uh, Sardu um, Sardan Ozman plays for uh, is Iranian and he plays for the, the national team and he is expected to be picked for the tournament. Um, so we'll have him for Atlanta, and then we won't have him for AC Milan, and we won't have him for Inter. And Sammy Abraham is not supposed to come back before them. And then Mr. Lukaku never played great in big games, so that scares me because of that. 
hopefully Belasi will take that opportunity to step up. But uh, that's going to be an interesting tournament too. I don't, I don't know everyone who's in it, um, but I think that could that could be interesting. Um, it's just unfortunate that these tournaments have to take place in the middle of the season because of and, and while the seasons are going to continue to go on, they're going to be away. So key players from those countries are going to be swapped from away from their clubs, and I think it's it's concerning, especially if you have one or two players from those sort of countries. Because I, I just realized uh, Evan Indicchia, Roma's best center back, is, is is I think he plays for Cameroon, but he'll be gone too. This is why we need a center back before he leaves. Smalling's still injured, I think. I don't know. It's, he seems like he's I, – I, it's been so long, I don't even remember seeing him play for, uh, recently. Yeah. So, um, so that's another thing that I, I guess Roma are going to have to deal with, and I think you just do a dry loan. Just anybody – take anybody you can because – you know, if, if he leaves, we don't have a replacement. Uh, you know, it's going to be even more difficult than it already is. Um, but anyway, but I, I mean, I, I went on tangent there. But I think both uh, tournaments could be interesting, and we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah. All right. Who's your dark of the week this week? Um, uh, <laughs> well, ironically, my donkey of the week played like an actual donkey. Um, Alucac, I mean – I, yeah, I, on, on one hand, he's a proven goal scorer that can score um, at will against teams that aren't threatening to you. But the second you put him on a stage on a primetime game against Juventus, he shrinks. He didn't – What I mean, he's only scored in two games against I, teams I would perceive as, as big games. Um He's a great player. He's a great player in terms of goal scoring against everybody else. He put up big numbers this season. I appreciate him to a certain expect- aspect as well. But I don't want to just make it seem like I'm just dumping on him constantly. But you cannot rely on him when he, when you need him the most. Dybala was on an island against Juventus mostly because none of the uh, of Lukaku didn't do anything. Then when um, when Osman came on off the bench in the last five minutes, we actually had an opportunity to score goals. Um, so I think that uh, this week has been Lukaku. It's hard to ignore um, the, his performance. Um, again, great goal scorer. But again, when Tammy Abraham gets um, healthy again and there's a big game, it should be Dabala and Tammy Abraham. Because I know I can rely on Tammy Abraham to score goals in big games. He had nine goals last year. He had four goals in big games. That's like half of his goals came in important moments in, in big games. It was the smaller games that he had issues with last year. So with Lukaku, for, for him to be here is great, and he's scoring goals in a lot of competitions and a lot of games for us. But when it, when, when it matters the most, he can't show up. So for that reason, I think he's donkey of the week. All right, very good. Very, very good. Um, we'll talk to y'all next week. Um, I'm anxious for the Bundesliga to get back underway, mate. Um, is that this pretty... weekend? What'd you say? Is that this weekend or next weekend? Is there, oh. is there one week? Or... Let me double check. Uh, I know Hoffenheim and Bayern, I think, is the first game or something like that. We will be playing next week. We got okay. two whole weeks off. Offenheim Byron next um, Friday the twelfth of January. Oh, that's gonna be a good game. That's gonna be. A yeah, good I game. agree. I, I this could be the one where, like you said, Byron. This could be the one where Byron gets a uh, surprise right out of the gate. Yeah, because Hoffenheim. I mean, just real quick. I know we're about to end, but just real quick on this. Hoffenheim um, has been a Europe. I mean, they're not Champions League team yet, but but they're they're a European team this season, and they were not expected to be even top half. And you know the, I know people think he's a meme in Manchester, but while Waxy Wakehorse has been great, he's he's been injured. He's going to come back. Um, and then uh, Max Piper, my one of my favorite youngsters in the league, Bundesliga. Um, that's those two are, are a are a threat against a Bayern defense that can be great, but also can be explosible. And I think they have enough in there to slow down Kane and Musiala. So this is one of those games because they remember they almost lost to them last year, and that was a Hoffenheim team that didn't win for two months. So yeah, that's an that's actually a great first game to, to bring the Bundesliga 
back just because there's a real opportunity that Byron lose and they have a game in hand. If they didn't lose this one, it's going to be it's going to it's going to shake things up a bit and the pressure will more heavily be pushed on uh, labor prison as well. So it should be a good one. All right. Well, we'll talk to y'all next week. I'm sure we'll do a second half of the season Bundesliga preview and some other great footballing topics. So until then, catch y'all next time.